0: I'm very appreciative of these times. It's, you know, molding my character. It's teaching me patience. And now in the day of social media, you know, everyone sees things happening so instantly. And I keep thinking back of why aren't things happening so instantly for me. I'm always referring back to like, you know, when people started their their empire, just their business, their big business. Dude, they were like putting fifteen hour days into their business for like yes three, four years until something eventually came out of it. So that's the, you know, that's what I keep thinking
1: of. This is the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan, where we interview local real estate investors and professionals to go over tips, tricks, and investing strategies to help you learn about the business and to enable you to achieve your financial goals. And now, welcome to the show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. Today, we have Ruben Barraza. Ruben is a relatively new investor who's been around for over one year. And although he hasn't acquired a deal yet, he's learned a lot from his journey so far. I wanted to bring him on the show today to get a better understanding of what new investors are struggling with and what we can do to help. And if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review. Enjoy. All right, man, I'm super excited to have you on the show today. You are in a very unique situation because you've been in the real estate game for quite some time but you haven't had anything land. So what I wanted to do today was just kind of talk to you and kind of find out what you've been doing so far, what's been working for you, what hasn't been working, and kind of like what you wish you had. So go ahead and first introduce yourself and let us know who you are and how you got into real estate investing.
0: So my name is Ruben. I'm a real estate investor here in the Peninsula Bay Area uh, with the focus in San Mateo County and also Santa Clara um, County, just hustling to find my first deal. I got started in real estate investing because I honestly wanted to do something else uh, with my life. I I knew I had I was going to reach that point of landing a job in Silicon you know, a tech job in Silicon Valley which which is something I always wanted to do. From my standpoint, nobody in my family had ever graduated besides me and I felt like the ultimate achievement was to land a job in tech. And so that's what I wanted to do coming out of college. But I knew that's you know I didn't want to work a corporate job like all of my life. I didn't want to be stuck in that rat race. I wanted to have freedom. I wanted to have you know I want to have like money and pretty much be in control of my own destiny. I just went on the web and you know started looking at different different vehicles to wealth and success. You know, and one of them was stock, but you know stock didn't interest me just because it was too it's too volatile. I also came across owning a business but what type of business would that be right and so came across real estate investing did some further research and saw that that most of the wealthy people in america used real estate investing to get to where they are and so it only made sense for me to go down that path i just wanted to essentially change my family's trajectory and you know be able to show my family that there's more than just the things that we know
1: so how long did it take for you until you decided I'm just browsing the internet to so I'm gonna take action, I'm gonna do something?
0: It took me about four months, four to five months.
1: Of you just browsing the web?
0: Of me browsing web, looking at videos, bigger pockets, podcasts, reading a little bit of you know, real estate. What's crazy about this whole thing is the fact that I've had that realtor app in my phone since maybe maybe high school. I'd always look at these big properties. You know, I come from poverty, but in right across a creek, you essentially have multi-million dollar, you know, wealthiest neighborhood.
1: Wait, so where do you live right now?
0: I live in East Palo Alto.
1: So you were looking at Palo Alto right across like the creek, right?
0: Driving up university or just driving through Palo Alto would be like an everyday thing. So growing up, I'd always see these big properties and I would always um, envision myself living in one of those homes.
1: Yeah, I can imagine that.
0: And also, you know, also went to school with, you know, with wealthy, wealthy kids.
1: Did you go to Palo Alto High?
0: No, I went to, so in elementary school, I went to Corte Madera up in Portola Valley. So Portola Valley is right next to Woodside. It's up in, you know, up in the hills. And so, you know, going up, going to school uh, with the kids up there, we'd have play dates at their their huge house. And I'm just like, what? You know, and then after the day was over, I had to go back to my apartment where we used to live, where it's like, you know. Um, not the easiest living condition. So I always wanted what these other kids had. And that was like a big home, huge house. They can just, you know, have friends and family over. It's crazy. It's like every time I would leave their house, I would have to drive through Palo Alto, essentially see more big houses until I got home. And so, uh, you know, in high school, it was still something that I wanted. It was like a big home was, you know, wanted to live in an area that was very affluent.
1: Since you decided real estate is the thing for me, what have you been doing?
0: Uh, There's been a number of things that I've been doing. Um, I've been attending real estate meetups, been sending direct mail, gone door knocking before. I've partnered with other experienced individuals. At one point, I partnered up with a, a top dog in the Bay Area. I've handwritten letters. And currently, something that I'm proud of, you know, proud to this point since the beginning of the year, I've been cold calling, you know, cold called realtors. But one thing that I'm proud of now is, you know, cold calling directly to to homeowners, something that I've been consistent with. I feel like I'm good over the phone for some reason.
1: I mean, you have a pretty nice, like deep FM radio voice, you know, like. Damn, dude, thank you.
0: But yeah, I've tried it all. And like, one of the things that I've noticed that has kind of plagued me was the fact that I haven't been consistent. Mm. I haven't given myself to do one thing, stay consistent with it over a period of six months or over a period of uh, a year.
1: Tell us what are, what are you doing? What's your frequency look like right now?
0: Prior to this year starting, you know, I made, I made it a goal for myself to be consistent. Like this whole year for me is just consistency. And consistency to cold call people whenever I got home from my day job. I would work from about 7.30 all the way to uh, 3.30 or 4. Commute from 4 to 5. From 5 to 7, just cold call.
1: You're doing that every day?
0: Every day. There's days like like this where there'll be a real estate meetup event. Yep. Or there'll be an appointment. That kind of takes up most of my cold calling sessions for that day.
1: So on average a week, how often are you cold calling?
0: About five days a week. Wow. I I include Saturdays in there as well.
1: So pretty much two hours a day. Two hours a day. Five days a week.
0: Now that we're about to hit summer and it doesn't get dark till later, I might ramp that up to three hours a day. Awesome. Awesome. I feel like people feel more comfortable picking up their phone when there's light still outside.
1: Are you getting people to actually respond to you and not cuss you out?
0: Yeah. You know, through my experience of cold calling, calling into the South Bay, people aren't so uh, happy that somebody's calling about the property. But in the peninsula, people are more friendlier. I'm not sure, you know, if this is... Because they're rich? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You know, they might have a different mindset.
1: They're kind of like, oh, thanks for calling. No thank you at this moment, but, you know, thanks for calling. Exactly. And that's Uh... what it is.
0: And quite honestly, I was a lot more scared to call people in the peninsula just because of old thoughts, of old mindsets. Like, oh, they're probably going to answer the phone, be snobby, and, you know, just not appreciate it so much when I'm calling during dinner hours. Uh, but you know, they thank me for calling. It's like, Hey, thank you for, you know, calling for checking. Um, uh, but right now I don't have any plans to sell. Whereas in the South Bay, don't call me about my house. I don't appreciate this. And they'll just click. Right. Or yeah. it's like, Oh, yeah. you're the fifth person to
1: call me this week. Like, All right. It's because also people are calling people in the peninsula less because you know, it's two million, million, $3 million house. Like who's going to buy that?
0: Yeah. I think you're right.
1: I don't know. It's a possibility. I don't know. So you think that if you were doing it more consistent, you'd get maybe more, like, are you getting any appointments at all from doing this cold calls? I'm, ge-
0: I'm getting appointments, but not as many as not as many appointments as I would want. So um, how many
1: do you think you're getting? If you just ballpark, I
0: think about one a
1: month two a month.
0: No, like three or f- like three or four a
1: month. You can actually go to the house and look three or four a month by calling for two hours.
0: Or like, okay, so like two appointments by physically showing up to the property. yeah. uh, And then maybe another two appointments who, you know, are interested in selling the property. But before I even, you know, go out to their property, I want to measure how serious they are about selling. So then I give them a ballpark range. And if they're not okay with that, then uh, I just don't go.
1: Got it. So you think cold calling works better? You tried other methods, right? Mm -hmm. And you think those don't work as well?
0: So the other methods that I've tried was direct mail yeah, and that obviously works. Like uh, for me, the area that I was targeting, it worked pretty well. But the thing is direct mail is expensive or, you know, at the time when I was doing it, doing direct mail, I was just earning uh, entry level income at a tech job. I was doing direct mail for a couple months and I'd get calls. I would probably get like about three or four calls, right? Yeah. Which is not a lot, but out of those three or four calls, one person would be interested in least at least in selling
1: how many letters were you sending out at that time anywhere from 3 to 500 that's your handwriting or you got some service to do it for you
0: like using a service okay cool but then when i was handwriting letters i didn't receive that many phone calls back
1: yeah and it's a lot of effort too it's it's, a, it's a lot it. of effort just pay the 70 cents yeah
0: yeah exactly and you know the w- one of the reasons why i was writing you know letters and sending that small volume of letters through a services because I was just trying to be resourceful as I could, uh, without having to, you know, have money leave my
1: pockets. Yeah. Got it. I mean, especially when you're just starting out, you don't have the money to exactly. do like 70,000 letters a month, you know? Exactly.
0: Like- so, I mean, you have time, you have time yeah. and
1: effort. Use what you have the advantage for.
0: Exactly. And so that's, you know, that's what I was doing. Um, and the thing is with direct mail, I wasn't doing it consistently and that's what it was just because, you know, some months would be better than others. And like, as far as yeah, putting money into real estate and paying, um, having other financial obligations. Right. So, you know, going back to it, I mean, that's a goal of mine that eventually I want to um, do again is direct mail on a consistent basis. Right. Yeah. Do direct mill for a year.
1: Imagine you had, Whatever budget you think you're gonna have, what do you think you would do? What's your ideal mailing campaign right now? Like right now, I give you ten thousand bucks a month. What would you use it for?
0: Ten thousand bucks a month. Yeah. I would use it to mail to a certain section, to a certain area. So East Palo Alto, that's where I'm originally from. And that's where I originally started marketing. It's a small area, but the only thing is there's not enough overturn. There's not enough people selling their homes. Even if I wanted to sell to this area or like, you know, market to East Palo Alto, it would take a couple months or longer than any other area to find a profitable deal.
1: Wait, wait. so let's go back. If I give you 10000 bucks, your ideal place to market is East Palo Alto right now?
0: Uh, Probably the South Bay.
1: Do you have like a city that you're like sweethearting about that you love?
0: Uh, no, not exactly.
1: So where would you market? You know, I give you $10,000, bucks, you are going to waste it? you have no idea where you're going to market it to? Um, I mean, the point that I'm getting at is not to grill you. It's to have like a thought conversation because again, like I said, the whole point of me interviewing you isn't because you're a top dog guru Yeah, because you've been in the business long enough to have the challenges. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what works, you know what kind of doesn't work. Yeah. So if I gave you the resources that you probably don't have, like, yeah, right. Is that like, what are the challenges that you're dealing with right now that are preventing you from, being a top dog. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, the challenges is not having the resources or not having that information I need to make me feel confident. There's still some areas of lack of knowledge, like in San Jose, there's different, you know, different cities, but which one's the hottest? What would be the best market to, to send direct mail to, you know, the one way I would approach is, you know, finding, Finding a neighborhood or finding a zip code with the most transactions.
1: So basically, because there's more transactions, you think it's more liquid, right? Like there's a lot of sales going on in that neighborhood. Yeah,
0: there's a lot. There's a lot more, you know, sales happening. A lot of more transactions going on. Um, and so, I would market to that area and try to do it for a year straight.
1: You would just pour all ten thousand in that one neighborhood. Boom. Everyone? Yeah. Cool.
0: I would. Yeah. I would. But obviously, it, you know, I'd have to divvy up the budget to make sure that I'm able to hit that zip code or that neighborhood, you know, for 12 months straight.
1: Sure. This is all theoretical anyways. Yeah. Honestly, the reason why I'm asking this is because, like, imagine that there was this, like, team, right? Like, mm-hmm. Right now, we're, we're all working so hard, like, individually. Yeah. And because of that, we're kind of failing all over the place because mm-hmm. we're all just one piece. But imagine if we all came together and we all just, like, thought, and like yeah. talk to each other. You have good ideas. I have good ideas. Someone else has great ideas yeah. too. All combined together. Now we can do something important. Mm-hmm. But what I don't know is, I don't know what are your challenges because your challenge are different from my challenges. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So right now you said that you're lacking resources, right?
0: Yeah, lack of resources. Like, just like also the knowledge as well. I, f- I feel like, you know, there's areas where I'm knowledgeable, but, you know, my knowledge isn't as strong as it could be.
1: Yeah, I got right. that too. There's always things you you don't know what you don't know, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. You don't know what you don't know. And I think that challenge comes from you know, not networking enough. Like, for example, over the weekend, that was like a prime example of the environment that I see myself or I would like to be in on a daily basis.
1: Do you want to explain what it was?
0: Um, you know, Over the weekend, Tom and Ken had a lunch and learn. They covered topics on how to reach out and cold call real estate agents. And also, you know, they also covered some of their current deals that they have going on. A few people came by and after the event, a few people stuck by and, you know, we just had casual conversations about different real estate investing strategies. And I honestly wasn't pressured to go home. And it was just an environment that I would like to be in a lot more often made me feel comfortable, like I belong, like this is where I should be spending my
1: time, you know, with these group of people. If you hang out with people, normal people, what do they do on Saturdays? Like they're out, they're drinking, they're hanging, do, do, whatever. I mean, it's not, nothing wrong with that. But this time we were out with other investors. Yeah. We were all hanging out. We were having a good time. And they're cold calling agents. We're learning how to analyze deals together. It was fun.
0: Exactly, it's and an I I feel like that type of environment, and you know, obviously inspires me to take a lot yeah. more action, but also keep continuing to surround myself with other investors. And you know, because right now, as a you know, as a new person, you're kind of not sure what direction it take. You know, you go to meetups, you meet people, which become acquaintances, but then. You know, there's a deeper level of networking, which then is, you know, seeing those individuals you meet at meetups outside of meetups and, right, you know, exactly. getting to know them as just, you know, regular individuals. And so that's something that I've always lacked for some reason, um, maybe just because of my shyness or, you know, I'm somewhat an introvert. It's something that I've learned shouldn't get in the way, but sometimes it does.
1: I mean, honestly, I have the same problem. Like for the first two years, I would always go to meetups and stand in the corner. Mm-hmm. After the lecture's over, I'd bounce. Mm-hmm. But slowly and slowly, you make that group of friends, you know, yeah. and kick it with them. Yeah. And that's kind of like what you need to do. You need yeah, to create exactly. like a family situation. Like you don't have to do deals with these people. But why not like find deals or do like the, the those tasks together, right? Mm-hmm. Like exactly. calling agents, you could do that together. Why not?
0: Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, that's something that really, you know, just being in that environment just made me feel good. Like this is, this is where I belong. This is where I should be. You know, when yeah. I'm not at work or when I'm not making code calls at home, you know, I should be surrounding myself with these group, you know, with these individuals. Um, and it, you know, in real estate investing, it can be kind of tough just because when, once you enter, you see a lot of experienced people who are playing at a higher level. You see people uh, who are older than you.
1: They have more money than you. More
0: money than you, and which can sometimes intimidate you, just because like, oh, this guy might not have the time and day for me, or, um, or you know, I naturally don't gravitate to that individual, right? So, just finding those individuals you naturally gravitate to has somewhat been a challenge to me until not too long ago. There's always those individuals that you can naturally gravitate to at meetups, but how about naturally gravitate? To them outside of meetups right and that's where it really matters like how well do you gravitate towards those people outside of meetups Uh, because then that's where you can spend you know quality time learning doing things together and essentially you know feels like you're hanging out and not working right yeah
1: and you're you're the average of the five people you hang out with the most exactly so hang out with more real estate investors you'll be one for sure
0: (laughs) exactly and that's that's something i've always had like a problem with um So it's like, if I don't, I'm not hanging out with, you know, five individuals who are better than me or, you know, five investors who aren't playing at the level that I want to play with, it's just like, well, I'm just going to hang out by myself then hanging out with bad company. Right.
1: Exactly. So. Have you been reaching out to anybody for help? Like a, you know, mentor type person?
0: I've reached out to individuals when I come across a deal and I just want to confirm that my numbers are correctly and just to you know reaffirm myself.
1: What about for like guidance? Like, you know, Hmm, this thing's not working. Am I doing this right? Do you reach out to anybody for guidance?
0: No, but when I did the guidance that I was receiving wasn't really guidance. It was just like more of, you know,
1: um, generic for, for, BS.
0: Generic. <laughs> and that's, you know, after that, you know, after that experience, it's like, oh, man, it kind of didn't defeat me, but it didn't encourage me to reach out to people just because at the end of the day, I feel like people are just, you know, just looking out for themselves.
1: Yeah. And also, like, when you think about it, what could they really tell you that's different from what you already know?
0: Yeah. Right. And so, like, for me, you know, what would be great is, you know, having a mentor who's, who allows you to be boots on the ground. Right. Rather than having conversations, oh, yeah, you should do this, you should do this. And then, you know, two weeks after you report back to them, this is what I've been doing. You know, what can, what have I been doing wrong without them actually being there Mm -hmm. to really analyze what the things that you're doing and to like coach you and to make you better. This whole time it's kind of been, I'm going to do this. I'm going to try this technique. I'm going to keep trying it until it works without really receiving that feedback needed to improve.
1: Now, if you had to start over, I mean, you haven't been doing it for very long, but you've learned some stuff. You know, you've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. If you had to start over, what would you do differently? Um,
0: if I were to start all over, I would definitely volunteer at the network events. You know, get exposed, putting myself out there more. I mean, it's never too late to start people tend to measure themselves of when they started and where they're at now and how, you know, how far they've kind of come from the point that they started. It's like, Oh, you know, I've been doing this for, for way too long. It's too late for me to start doing it. Mm-hmm. Or like, I've been in this business for way too long for me to start doing it, or whatever the case is. But honestly, you know, if I could, I'd you know, volunteer at uh, real estate meetups at the sign in door, you know, meet people, shake their hands, formally introduce yourself to them. Because you never know who you're going to meet, right? You never know when that next friendship is going to come together.
1: I mean, that's absolutely true. That's what I did. Yeah. And uh, if you want a volunteering opportunity, right here, buddy.
0: <laughs> I got one for you. Hey, man, I'll take it. <laughs> come through. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, you know, doing that. Also, being consistent in your outreach, in your marketing outreach. Whatever outreach chan- or whatever channel you decide to Pursue in, from a marketing standpoint, whether it's cold calling agents or um, knocking on doors, cold calling homeowners, direct mail, just being consistent, going six months a year, day in day out, sticking to that strategy.
1: All right, well, let's talk about you specifically. Yeah, what are you going to do different?
0: What I'm doing differently from what I've done before is you know being consistent, cold calling individuals, but also putting myself out there a bit more.
1: So specifically you, what would you do differently is you would go to the meetup groups. You would volunteer as a check-in guy. Uh, you would go out there and like shake more people's hands, not be as shy.
0: Yeah. Not and be as shy.
1: Also, you still use cold calling as your main strategy.
0: Cold calling is my main strategy. Yeah. Always all day. All day. That's okay. like my only
1: strategy. Do you think you, do you think what you're doing now is consistent enough? Or do you think you should be doing it like even more than what you're doing?
0: I think there's room for improvement, like a longer hours. Like I know I, you know, going into the summer, I'll probably push myself to do three hours. It's all about timing for me, you know, coming home from work, coming home from my day job, eating dinner and then calling three hours straight, but also balancing the girlfriend.
1: It's a grind, bro.
0: It's a grind. Yeah, exactly. That's how the first six months have been is essentially day job, Commute, dinner, cold call, Jeez. and it's you know starts all over again.
1: Would you ever consider hiring that out?
0: Eventually, you know, once I have the capital to do so. But like you know, I'm I'm very appreciative of these times because it's you know molding my character. It's it's you know teaching me patience. And now in the day of social media, you know everyone sees things happening so instantly, right? Yeah, yeah. And I keep thinking back of why aren't things happening so instantly for me. Right, right? Just because it's you know it's perspective that you receive from social media. Like things don't happen overnight or you know, six months. I mean they could, but not for everyone, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I I'm always referring back to like, you know, when people started their their empire, just their business, their big business, dude, they were like putting 15 hour days into their business for like yes. f- three four years until something eventually came out of it right yeah. Yeah. so that's the you know that's what I keep thinking of I'm like dude you know just keep doing what you're doing eventually you know things are gonna change right before our eyes
1: resilience is key man and plus honestly with your like numbers that you're working with honestly it's it's just one all it takes is one yeah exactly and you'll be just in a different league yeah exactly how old are you right now i'm 26 okay so you're so young relative to like a lot of people
0: i'm still pretty young but i have trouble telling telling that to myself so like whenever i'm thinking dude i'm like so old right even though i'm not it's because of that instant gratification we're so used to wanting things now at this age while we're so young but i have to really you know pull myself back to earth and tell myself dude you're only 26 you still have your whole life ahead of you like you're still in the beginning phase of your real estate investing career like this is only the beginning you know i've seen myself doing this for the next you know 40 years right exactly and this is more of a long-term play for me
1: if you're 26 now and you've already been doing this for two years so you had some experience but i say four or more years go by and like nothing changes then you're 30 yeah by the time you're 30, like you're going to have a lot of experience, a lot of connections and networks. Yeah. Like think about those top dogs right now. They were nowhere near your position when they were your age. You know, they were maybe like 40, mid 40s when mm-hmm. they got their big break and then became like these multimillionaires. So if you can be doing this kind of stuff at 30, dude, like you're killing it. Thank you. I really appreciate those words of yeah. encouragement, man. No, for sure. I mean, I thought to myself too, all right? I, <laughs> I'm only a couple years older than you, but I I feel the same way. It's like, yeah, times are kind of tough. Things happen or they don't happen, right? Things happen or they don't happen. But relatively, over like a 10-year span, dude, we're good. Yeah. There's like nothing to worry about. Exactly. as long as you keep that resilience and uh, like you said, hang around with people who are doing what you want to do.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I definitely agree. And, you know, I want to be able to breathe, like live and breathe real estate, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't feel, I feel like I haven't gotten to that point because obviously I still have a day job, right? That has nothing to do with real estate, but it's teaching me how to build a business,
1: you know, how to build a company. Well, your day job is teaching you how to build a company.
0: Well, it's, it's, it's in the, it's in the early stages. So I'm the first person in my role. Oh, cool. So essentially I'm building out my role. Um, with the company's money, so I have all. You know, I have the resources to be successful. Yeah. I have the guidance. I have you know these tools and people around me constantly uh, who know what they're doing and can and can advise me because they were at one point in my role or like they were in my situation. Like these guys have been in tech for many years, right? Some people in sales they started doing what I was doing until they switched over to another position. I received this the support from individuals I work with, tools to be successful from the company I work at. And so, you know, as a, like, as a startup, you kind of have to wear different, many different hats in order to make things work at first. And you kind of have to get creative in order to be successful in the role. It's teaching me in real estate that at first, you're going to have to wear many different hats do many different things by yourself. until that first deal comes until you can start outsourcing, you know, different job
1: tasks. I mean, let's say if you even get a first deal, do you even know how to handle it? What would you do with it?
0: You know, I'd have to, you know, I'd want to link up with another individual who knows what they're doing. Got it. Right. To And it's walk me through the process yeah. because I'm essentially putting the responsibility some of the responsibility on a different individual who's you know well experienced knows what they're doing rather than me trying to hop through hop through all these different hoops and, and obstacles to get it right and potentially mess up the deal right
1: yeah no i mean i mean it's good because you get a partner with somebody who's more experienced than you and you get to shadow them while you're learning
0: exactly That's
1: and essentially it.
0: win-win. it's it's a win win and for me you know, I want to get to that point where I'm, you know, flipping houses on the daily and being hands-on, that's where people tend to learn the most. That's where I tend to learn the most is just being hands-on, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, transferring those experience and skills that I learn or that knowledge that I learned from that, you know, from that experience on to the next project.
1: Is there anyone that you look up to that you like want to be?
0: Dude, I want to be like all the top dogs.
1: <laughs> well, anyone in particular?
0: Um. I would say Raul Luna because that guy, that guy's just like, he's just a beast from outside looking in or just from, you know, you know, hearing him speak Mm -hmm. from a mindset standpoint, he has it down. I feel like he has it down, which has enabled him to get to where he's at. You know, he has a team to support him as well. And every time I, you know, hear about Raul Luna from other people, it's nothing but positive things.
1: Yeah, right? mindset's very key and he definitely has a good system going on. I had him on the show, right? And he just told me everything and I was like, dude, it's like, it's legit. Yeah.
0: And, you know, when he breaks it down, everything seems so, seems so simple. Mm-hmm. Like it seems fairly simple, but it's just, you know, yeah. putting it into action.
1: If you were to put yourself in his shoes, what do you think he would tell you for advice?
0: Damn, that's a good question. I think he would tell me to master mindset and continue what you're doing and don't give up you know, you'll eventually get a deal
1: were you at his meetup last last month
0: no i wasn't
1: oh man you missed it he like brought up these like three people who went to his mastermind group and they're like this guy got a deal this person got a deal this person was a baker making 50 grand a year sold his first deal made 130 or some crap first deal and everyone's like
0: Yay. dude that's so cool <laughs> it's crazy dude i I hope I can get a shout out like that. That's very possible,
1: man. I I think
0: it, it, it very is. And I think it's very possible for me to get a deal this year. And the reason being is because I think of getting a deal this year a lot more than not getting a deal. So last year, as I was doing real estate, I wasn't consistent. But I was also telling myself, what if this doesn't work out? What if I'm, you know, putting in all this effort and just, and I don't get a deal this year and I don't hit my goal. Like that thought was more frequent than I'm going to get a deal this year. Like this year is going to be a, you know, the year that I'm going to get a deal.
1: So that thought manifested itself into reality. Exactly. Dang. Exactly.
0: And there's been several times where my thoughts have manifested themselves like just throughout my life. And I keep pinpointing to those moments where they've manifested, where my thoughts have manifested to themselves. Yeah. And it keeps me in check. Like those moments keep me in check now. Like just because if I could do it back then, there's no reason why I can't do
1: it now. Right? Dude, I had the same thing, but on the opposite, like I was doing really well. And then I thought, nah, my life is going too well right now. I need some drama in my life. And then all this stuff happened and I'm like, damn it. I asked about myself.
0: Yeah, man. It's crazy. It's like, you know, after my first attempt to doing real estate full time, after that didn't work out, the reason why it didn't work out, just because again, I was telling myself, you know, what if, you know, I don't have a job, I'm doing this full time. And what if it doesn't work out? And the next thing you know, it just didn't work out. So after that, it kind of set me back a little bit just because I thought because I had faced some temporary failure I knew I wasn't going to quit just because you know it's I wasn't going to allow myself to quit but I did pause real estate for a while when I went back to going to a job and so there's a moment where I just I didn't take any action other than going to meetups just to continue my learning right mm-hmm. um and then you know at the beginning of the year it's like you know, i I gave enough. I gave myself enough time to uh, save money. Um, you know, read some books, go to some meetups, and just really, you know, gather myself. Like just gather myself and start all over again, right? But this time with a little bit more knowledge, uh, with a little bit more of determination and hunger, knowing that I failed once, and there's no way I'm gonna let that happen again. I know it'll be this year, so um regardless of what the condition of the market is you know there'll still be a way to find a profitable deal
1: awesome man so how can people get in contact with you
0: you can get in contact with me by emailing me at reuben at hotmail dot com that's r u b e n b e r a z a at hotmail dot com or uh by shooting me a text or calling me six five zero
1: two four eight zero eight four eight awesome bro well it was a pleasure having you on and it was very interesting getting to see like your thoughts and hearing what your challenges are because i'm sure a lot of people are going through the exact same thing that you are too i mean let's just break it down one more time essentially the challenges you have is you don't have the resources and you don't have the knowledge like specific knowledge because mm-hmm. you don't know what you don't know yeah so the cure to that is to be just more consistent with what you're doing and to maybe hang out with people who are kind of at your same level. Yeah. And meet consistently. And not just like, a, oh, hey, good seeing you again at the meetup once a month. But hey, let's kick it. Let's get dinner. Yeah. Like, whatever. We can talk about real estate or not, but let's just be homies. Yeah. Was there anything else that I missed? And mindset. Don't quit.
0: Yeah, don't quit. Exactly. Think
1: positive thoughts, not negative thoughts. <laughs>
0: <laughs> because those will happen. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's right.
1: All right, man. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I hope to see you again really soon. Take care. After we finished the episode, Ruby and I had a quick discussion about how to properly allocate time so that we're able to do everything we need to as investors.
0: Yeah. So it's like, since I've been in real estate, it's, you know, I first started out, you know, learning about real estate, but not spending day in day out on real estate. Right. So like, you know, I spend maybe Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday on real estate throughout the week and as time passes by, maybe Monday through Friday, not Saturday, right? But now I'm to a point where it's like Monday through Saturday, whenever I'm not at work, it's real estate, and then Sunday is just like, all right,, you know, time to hang out with family. Um, you know, for you, I, I see you at these events, like I see you everywhere pretty much. I see because I, you know, I follow you on Instagram, and you know you're at every real estate event, you're doing podcasts, you're doing deals. You know, when you're not at work, I'm not sure if you quit yet. But essentially, you know, it's is it just, you know, work, real estate, girlfriend? That that's it. Like sometimes I have trouble like operating. Like, how should I be like going about this? I'm not sure if I should be spending whenever I'm not, you know, at work or whenever I'm not with a girlfriend. really is it should be real estate. And for me, like I'm at that point now, just because I realized I'm like dude, I should be breathing and living real estate investing if I want to completely do this. But I'm not quite sure how other people approach it, which has hindered my growth, I feel like, just because, you know, it's obviously something that I wasn't doing every day.
1: Yeah. is it what Tony Robbins says that, right? It's like full immersion. You got to be fully immersed in whatever you want to do. And it's like it comes with like a change of your identity, too. Like, yeah, how do you identify yourself? Because, like, for the longest time, I still say, like, hey, I'm an engineer. But in reality, yeah. I, don't, I don't really want to be an engineer. You know, I want to be a real estate investor. But how can I say I'm a real estate investor if I'm not actually investing in stuff? Yeah. But, like, I got over it. You know, like, if I post this podcast with your big face on it, are you going to be shared to share it on your social media? Because you're afraid your coworkers will see it? Because, dude, like, I got on Bloomberg, right? My coworkers are like, yo, Sean, I saw you on Bloomberg. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> but, but. It ended up being okay. Like my boss texted me, "Hey, congrats on the Bloomberg article." I'm like, "Oh, okay." I didn't realize there were so yeah. many nerds out there reading. Like, Bloomberg. I, I
0: check, I check Bloomberg every morning, just like on like the uh, markets and then deals section. But like uh, for, for yeah. uh, I didn't see the, your post till like till the end of the day. It was like the most read article,
1: like trending article. I'm like, "Oh,
0: yeah, yeah." yeah. I was like, "Oh,
1: dang." I was on MSN like. Friends oh, from a long, man. long time ago hit me up because they saw it, and I was like, yeah. "Okay, I guess this is cool." You know, like yeah, as if exactly. I paid for publicity. Exactly. You
0: know? <laughs> so I mean, you know, for for some time, I've kind of like wondered how to operate. Like, you know, I wasn't sure whether to do this Monday through Wednesday, or every like three times out of the week, or every day out of the week.
1: Right, yeah. bro. Honestly, everyone has their own journey. Like. I for two weeks, okay. Two weeks, I cut out every form of entertainment. I even wrote a post about like how weird challenges yeah. make you like a more effective person or whatever. And and the point of it was, dude, my girlfriend was out in Europe. So for two weeks I said, no more YouTube, no more Netflix. So all I could do was read books at home. And that's so boring. Like I don't want to be in my room reading books. So I forced myself to go to meetup groups. Like I drove all the way to San Francisco in traffic yeah. just to go to a meetup in SF. Because I was so bored at what home. What
0: about like like your, like friendships, like friends?
1: I mean, I kick it with my friends. Yeah, like my homie homies. Oh, like okay. I, I kick it with them on the weekends usually. Weekdays, everyone's busy anyways. Like you have work, uh, gym, yeah. meetup. Yeah. I mean, similar. Because
0: it's like, yeah, I mean, I guess this is a conversation for like next time. I just, I don't know. I guess I'm going through this like, you know, this change in my life, Right. Where my life yeah. has become a lot more boring rather than um, hanging out, just just chilling. Like, dude, just chilling is not going to get you to where you want to go, right? And this is like I'm learning all this because yeah. I'm reading mindset books. I'm reading personal development books, growth, watching videos. And, you know, this this year for me, it's like it's um, I have a goal of reading 20 books, right? But you can... But you can only read What's so up? many personal development and you know real estate books until you run out of books to read that are somewhat popular, right? But then I saw that you're reading Gandhi, like, you know, uh on a Saturday night. A Saturday See, my night. My girlfriend bro. would be like, oh, Come on, let's do something. <laughs> let's like watch Netflix. But
1: <laughs> you know Normally, yes, when my girlfriend's here, we we yeah. are pieces of poop, dude. Yeah. Like, we do just chill and like sometimes watch tv and play games. Okay. Don't get me wrong, that happens, okay? I'm yeah. I'm not perfect in any mean. And also like Saturday, right? We went yeah. to that Saturday event with Tom and Ken. I would have never have gone with that uh, if my girlfriend was here. But because I had nothing else to do at home, yeah, okay. I said why not.
0: <laughs> See, even on Saturday, I feel like now like the way I'm you know, starting to reprogram myself, it's more of like Dude, hell yeah! On a Saturday, like most people are just like not doing anything, just hanging out, like you know, hanging out and not, I guess, talking ideas, right? Watching TV.
1: Yeah, just watching felt, like, TV. I feel like and stuff. I was and...
0: excited to like attend to it just because it's a Saturday. Like I don't know, it was different for me. Whenever I have that opportunity, I would definitely like to, you know, surround myself with those who are in real estate and are doing deals, so then I can become the next one. Right, but like, how do I, you know, I guess making that transition or fully getting from A to B is where like I'm. I mean, I'm move, I'm moving more towards B, but slower. Like I slowly.
1: Everyone has their own journey, bro. I mean, imagine how fast you would have been if you started yeah, with ten true. million dollars. Yeah. See, you can't compare. True. You know, and there's someone who started way worse conditions than you, but because maybe they don't have a job they have more free time and then they get up faster yeah. than you. See, everyone's yeah. condition is different. Don't compare. Comparison is a thief of joy. Just realize that what you're doing is right and that if you keep on this track, you'll be good. And that's it. And, and honestly, just time block. Like, there's no way you can be a perfect man and spend all your weekends doing real estate stuff yeah. and not hang out with your family and girlfriend, right? But, but like Saturday night, why not hang out with your girlfriend? No, why, why not watch a movie with her? Monday
0: through Saturday? evening it's like pretty much all real estate right or it's yeah. like work real estate at night yeah and then Saturdays like all real estate till the evening that's when i make the most calls um and then saturday evening to like sunday it's pretty much you know you know hey, girlfriend family what, whatever yeah
1: yeah exactly see yeah time but blocked. that's all you need to do as long as everyone around you is cool and understands what you're doing and they believe yeah, in you then yeah you know, exactly, not be exactly. a problem. No, i feel you i feel you man ruben has been in the game for a while now but hasn't gotten any deals He's thankful for the experience because it's building his character. if he were to do it again, he would volunteer at networking events, surround himself with a group of friends who are also interested in real estate investing, and would master his mindset so that he'll never give up. His ideal mentor is someone that can let him shadow him on his projects instead of just giving them verbal advice. He feels like he lacks resources and specific knowledge of the markets. And he also believes that consistency is king. Do consistent outreach and you will be successful. I hope this episode resonates with you, feel free to reach out to Ruben or me for any reason. The show notes and full transcript can be found on everythingrei.com slash podcast. Thanks and have a great day. This was another episode of the Everything Real Estate Investing Show with Sean Pan. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating. It'll take less than a second and it'll help a lot. You can contact me at seanpanrealty at gmail.com. That's S-E-A-N-P-A-N-R-E-A-L-T-Y at gmail.com. Thanks and have a great day.